Hello everybody, welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're talking with uh, Sophia and Daba in Camperdown Park. Hi Sophia. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we have already been talking and we've gotten up to the point where living in Berlin is great because you only do what you want to do. Exactly. Do you want to tell me more about that? Yeah. Well, you're also asking why can't I do that here, which is a really good question. And I think accumulate all these things in our lives over time and it's really hard to to kind of clean out the closet like Eminem yeah exactly (laughs) like I put that song on I'm not trying to clean the house and it just doesn't work (laughs) I think um, especially when it comes to like yourself like if you're being self-reflective and you think I don't want to interact with people this way anymore you can't just go to coffee with your best friend and be like I'm going to be like this today <laughs> and start acting like a new person because they'll be like what mm. or it's, it's harder to test new things in an environment that's known and that people know you and have expectations of you so I guess being in Berlin I feel like I'm starting again and I'm only putting in things that I want and I'm trying out things that I believe are better ways of behaving or yeah but then of course in the back of my mind I'm thinking did I just did I just run away or I mean I'm coming back and forth all the time but um, I suppose is it cheating is my question that I ask myself am I cheating by just going away and starting fresh I don't think so, but that's because I'm an advocate for doing that, Yeah. <clears throat> and I've done it, and both of my parents did it when they were young people, Yeah. even if it's to the other side of the country, yeah, Yeah. because I do think that most people take on the shape that is allocated to them, mm. like the, the nook, this happens with breakdance crews, if you've got a member who's good at air flares and a member who's good at... Um, down rock and then you become the, me- the member who's good at liquid or whatever Yeah. because the other two are covered and then you never get to do the other things oh, I mean you can but there's nothing asking you to there's no need to Yeah. except your own desire and yeah. then it gets awkward because the dude that's really good at flares when you start being good at flares he's like what are you yeah. <laughs> it's my ground my, you're stomping yeah, on. Covered. Yeah. My sister, so good, Tiffany. She's an incredible singer and I got really interested in singing for a while and she was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> you do dance. Yeah. You stay on your side of the court, please. <laughs> when in actual fact she's got nothing to fear because she's much better than I'd ever put in the work to be. Yeah. But do you think it's also something about mentality of the city? Yeah, I think it's half and half. There's yeah. something about Berlin as the city. You, you're talking about Berlin, mm. yeah. There's something about Berlin that is instantly inspiring. There's, I, when I get on the train, I don't see people doing the nine to five hustle and bustle. Mm. Of course, some of them are, are doing it, but there's other things going on. There's 
heaps of artists um, running away. Yeah, they've all run away, (laughs) particularly from Sydney, Australia. (laughs) Uh, And they all happen to be contemporary dancers. Great. Yeah. Um, Do you think we can get enough Australian artists to move there so that German takes on an Australian accent? Berlin German? I think it's already happening. Yeah, if you... A lot of uh, Aussies work as baristas over there. And they all speak English. So you can you can find an Aussie anywhere in the world, I believe. But yeah, I think it's half and half. So Berlin is instantly inspiring in certain ways, and and also I feel this sense of freedom within myself mm. to explore things or do things or be more open. Mm. Yeah. Can you talk about some of those things that you're exploring? Yeah. Maybe not in your personal life, but maybe. Like, <laughs> or that too. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's hard to know which is which. Yeah, it's true. It's all intertwined, isn't it? Yeah. Um, some of the things that keep you busy thinking about. Yeah. Well, I'm really interested in becoming a better dancer, and that's very broad. But for me, that's having more of an intimate relationship with my body and building strength in my extremities as well because I'm quite I've got loose ligaments but at the at the end of range of motion I don't say I'm very strong there so I want to be dancing big and huge but with strength and yeah I think that's something I've always been fighting for is mm. To be a stronger dancer, yeah. And are there some people that you look towards for that? Well, I think I was saying this to you a couple of days ago. I like taking um, classes with choreographers or teachers that are really short. (laughs) Because I'm not. And they've got power, they're quick, they're in and out of the floor. um, Explosive energy and... I'm drawn to that because mm. I feel like it takes a lot of negotiating for me to achieve the same thing. But if I can do that, eventually I'll be really happy. I'll give myself a big pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll win. Yeah. So th- there are some... Yeah, and also male dancers and choreographers. I think that sense of strength and that um, energy, it's like straight into it. Just do it. Um, but I'm also scared of, like, going further with that statement. Cause I could be saying things about men and not women or not women and men. No, I think most of the time it's got nothing to do with the actuality. It's just got to do with the training on the way to the thing. So there are incredibly straight into it female dancers like Sarah Jane Howard and, like, Gab Nankerville and, yeah. like, lower artists and, like... Yeah, endless. The list is endless. But they probably have not taken the traditional training yeah. regime to get to where they're at. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I think also the physical makeup of a man's body is different to a woman's. So mm-hmm. things like lifting and brute strength comes easier to the male physique than it does the woman's. Yeah. So the approach is more immediate. 
into movement like that. But I want to be able to take on board that yeah. in my own body. So. I was listening to an interview with a strength trainer recently, which is different to a bodybuilding because that's just to swell the muscles, but strength is about how to activate your muscles and nervous system to work together to achieve the, yeah, right. the thing. <clears throat> and he's also talking to Miranda about this, that she is pretty crazily strong for her size and her weight yeah. and her muscle mass. Mm. And as far as I understand it, that's got a lot to do with your nervous system and your ability to call upon and activate your nervous system to then activate your muscles mm. and that just the way that boys and girls become acculturated as they're raised asks boys to practice doing that yeah. thing yeah. and there are some, some girls that I've had the privilege to dance with who have been in say um, all sister families or something where it fell to them to be the boy that had to help lift shit out of the car yeah, or whatever at the yeah. end of camping trips. Yeah. And they just have practiced it more. Yeah. So I I also don't know what it's like yeah. on either side of the fence, but I imagine there's a fair bit of unknowns. Mm-hmm. There's also another thing that's inspiring me at the moment over there is this sense of really feeling what you're doing so if if you're given a task you're doing an improvisation or you're working with a choreographer on an idea that people are interested in not what it looks like or what you're what you think it should look like they really just want you to feel it and if they can't this is generalized but they can't see that you're feeling it then they're not so interested and I've previously been working in a way of um, create something that looks like XYZ and that was really confronting because I thought that I was always working from a really honest place but then in hindsight maybe I can go deeper maybe I can really stop thinking about what it looks like and what other people think it looks like and just go further into what things feel like. So that means you have to be so fearless. Exposed. Really exposed. Not give a shit. Sorry, can I swear? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Not give a shit what anyone thinks or or what they're seeing. Hmm. I find that really hard. Um, I guess just because I want a viewer to feel something or come on a journey with me doesn't mean that I want to have to go through the full emotional turmoil exactly. as the performer. I know. I'm always keeping ten percent in the back. <laughs> I was like, I got to walk out of here alive. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And. But I do also understand the other end of the spectrum where you're not doing anything by dancing, the the steps. Nothing is happening, nothing is being produced because you're not feeling it, the viewers aren't feeling it. Yeah. 
and there's no innovation in the form or the medium and it's not being leveraged to shift the world so no one's doing anything yeah <laughs> and maybe that gets to me more yeah I get yeah I find it really hard to consider the the experiential the place authoring a dance from the place of being from experiencing it and then authoring it from the place of watching it as it's some kind of visual art. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a visual art. It's made most of the time to be watched. And you always have to take that into consideration, but I think what I'm getting at with these choreographers that want something that you're feeling is that whatever they want to watch is real and honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, that, and that feeling of it being real overrides the aesthetic, maybe. Or the, yeah. And then in, in order to do that, you have to... You also have to trust your body that it will catch you in that moment of, like... 100% commitment and mm. that's also a hard thing to do because we're trained to have so much control and yeah I do I do cop a lot of flack for lacking control <laughs> in the past <laughs> <laughs> mainly because I feel like my skill is that my body catches itself that's the thing that I is yeah. like if you're talking about your skill is to be large and eat up space then my skill is that I can do pretty much whatever and survive my body will know how to catch it like a lizard have you ever seen a lizard falling in slow motion Mm-mm. it's like it peels back off a tree I saw it on a science video and as it falls it starts like electric boogaloo basically with its tail and flips the tail oh, around and then that so it flips lands it's on its all front. around yeah but it does a spiral in the air, or like a body roll spiral wow. yeah. on the way down. And somehow that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> like a lizard falling yeah. off the wall. <laughs> uh, what's your dancer superpower? What a cool question. Um, the thing that you can just rely on. Like... Carl Skibreth, I would say his is just to be on balance. You can just step onto one foot. Yeah. There, like, the ankle muscles aren't activating or anything. He's just there. He's there, yeah. And mine is to throw myself and not die. I guess I always incorporate the head with my Mm. movements. It always plays a part. Easily. But what does superpower mean? Does that mean that other people find it impressive? I think, no, I think it just means you can rely on it. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> can, you tell me, can you tell me mine? You see me dance. Uh, it's true, I have seen you dance. Oh, probably you can always rely on me stuffing something up and then laughing at the end of it. <laughs> But yeah, that's not really a superpower. For a process, it is. Yeah. 
do you do when you're not so if, if we're talking about the thinking and the feeling and the actualizing of experience and it becoming embodied how do you approach that outside of the times when you're on the dance floor in the studio sweating in your trackies yeah what other windows into that do you have I guess I'm trying more and more to be observant Mm. about the way I'm feeling or what my external environment is looking like Mm. in my relationship to that Mm. but that's a process that'll go on forever Can you ask the question again? I don't yeah. know if I understand it. No, that's all right. I do the exact same thing when someone asks me a question. I start saying something, <laughs> and then I'm like, I find myself saying the thing, and so I finish saying the thing, Yeah. and then I have to go back and say, was that at all related? Yeah. <laughs> Did I answer the <laughs> Uh I have another question for you, though. Where... Um, where are all your energies and efforts pouring themselves into? Mm. And is that inside or outside dance? Uh, it's pretty blurry line for me. Like I have a practice at the moment of reading non-fiction essays in the morning and reading fiction at night, novels, um, but about the same topic. Oh uh, yeah, I remember you telling me that. And so I would say maybe that's about, that's still as much a part of my artistry because I have to imagine what is real and what can be real yeah when I'm creating work yeah that's awesome well yeah I'm putting a lot of energy into what I'm doing in my alone time Mm. because previously I've been such a extrovert in that I get my energy from social interaction and over the past couple of years I've been shifting into a different feels like just shifting into a different person I hardly feel like I know myself but that I'm getting more value out of being alone in my spare time and what I've been doing is like trying to create things that aren't necessarily dance but things with my hands like origami or making bracelets or I love braiding braiding hair and my next on my list is weaving. I want to learn how to weave a mat or a basket. <laughs> but I find it really interesting because you, in a way, it is like dancing that you learn a technique of what to do with your hands. You're making this thing. And then when you come into challenges, you kind of observe yourself and how you deal with those challenges. You, you get frustrated or how do you deal with that? Um, you have to have patience because a lot of these things take time if you're making if you're making lots of origami that can take you hours to make these really tiny little intricate things or braiding hair like if I do my whole head it would take between three and four hours your arms get tired you get a bit shitty but I still love it and so the end result or the doing of the braiding both yeah um, it calms me it's very therapeutic and also those challenges or the way I approach doing it reflect 
the way I do those things in life or in dance. Mm. When I find something difficult, the way I deal with it, um, or the end result I'm really happy with, or you know, you feel great about it. Um, what do you do when, when it's difficult? I normally laugh. <laughs> if I'm if I if something's challenging or frustrated, I just piss myself laughing, right. and then I slow down. I just go slower and slower until until I've figured out what was wrong and moved past it. But I can't really give up on something. I don't ever put it down and go, oh, stuff it, I'll come back to it later. I just have to go stick with it and just go slower until I'm through the difficult part. Because, okay, if it's braiding, you can't you can't give up on a braid halfway through because then you have to go and do the whole thing again. Yeah. What made you choose braiding? Um, I used, I taught myself how to do it when I was a kid because, you know, braiding and afro hair go hand in hand and my mother, bless her, didn't have the skills <laughs> to do my hair when I was a kid. So I taught myself... So that felt good to like, you know, teach yourself a skill. Um, yeah, it's one of my favourite things, I think. Teaching yourself how to do something. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice. And then the same with braiding, I taught myself. And origami, I had the help of a friend and a, <laughs> and a book that teaches you how to do it. But there's just, there's something in creating that is really powerful and yeah, because the end result is like, well, sometimes it's not going to change the world, what you've made, but it makes you feel better. Yeah. And if you're less of an arsehole, then the world is better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, one of the books I'm reading at the moment is called Understanding Comics. Uh, and it is a graphic novel breaking down art history and comic history and the development of language and development of pictorial representations and, uh, and I was going somewhere with that um, that does it say that it's therapeutic or that it's better for the world ah in one part he proposes that everything that doesn't fall into the instinct of survival which is either getting food or procreating or not being eaten anything that doesn't fall into there could be construed as art mm -hmm. yeah I agree with that although <laughs> <laughs> I find that going about hunting and gathering and cooking is very creative because that's the other, that's my other hobby is I love to cook and make different foods different meals what do you think about where where dance is at in Australia yeah, let's start where we are. 
and then we can branch out. I'd like to see something interrupt the way that we go about doing things. Mm. Because, well, without a doubt it's going to happen given the financial climate and the lack of funding. I don't feel blown away like I have been in the past by some of the new works that I've seen. Mm. But it could also be to do with my perspective and the way I'm developing and what I'm interested in, more so than the quality or calibre of work. Yeah, maybe it's a case of the student superseding the master. Oh, is that a compliment, Matt? <laughs> is that a compliment I hear? Well, maybe. Yeah, I won't um, deny that. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but the, that pathway ine inevitably leads to like, oh, well, I guess I've got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you can't, even if you have a go and you fail at it, there's the feeling that it's not there, and so yeah, if someone else isn't doing it, I should do it. Yeah, and I. I guess I just really want to be moved by something. Yeah. So, okay, so I have this theory that Australians live in a place similar to a utopia where the weather's always really good, we have a very high standard of living, um, we haven't lived through wartime like on our shores that's that's threatened our way of life um, so we don't have this dark side we don't have this renaissance we don't have this struggle that normally great art comes out of so when I see shows I I always leave thinking, but why? Why did you make that? What was so necessary about making that? Because I want to feel that. I want to feel like you really just had to make that. You, you had to express something that was real, real enough so that I could feel it. Yeah. And I don't feel like that often. Do you put the same desire on music or books or...? Okay, so that's a good question because one, I have to confess I don't read. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and two, or documentaries. Yeah, okay, documentaries, good one, I love those. Yeah. And that that's always, yeah. You can feel when are, a documentary has needed to be made. Yeah. Yeah. And they're generally from the horse's mouth, you know, so... Yeah, right, so there's questions about if this thing is so important and urgent enough for you to make a dance show about, then also, are you serving it best by having these dancers present your topic, your subject? 
remember even feeling I didn't think this at the time okay I felt ecstatic that I'd finally stumbled across hip hop and I, I think it was the song um, I take you to the candy shop <laughs> 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 no not that one or? no it was Wu-Tang Clan and it was Gravel Pit I don't know that song uh, Check out my gravel pit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I can sing it for you, but <laughs> I'll link to it. I'll link to it. But I realized that I'd gone 20 years of my life before I heard music that spoke to me. Mm. And so that must happen for some people. Like, I was tw- 26 before I heard The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible, and so now I'm 30, and I'm sure that at one one day, I'll be like, oh, I was 40 before I heard, yeah, <laughs> and it changed my life. Yeah, true. <laughs> and so I'm, I wonder about how we position ourselves to be exposed to the right things. Yeah, and I guess it's timing too. It's like what, yeah, yeah, what how you old mean? you are and what phase of your life you're in to yeah. to be needing to hear something like that. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, can you talk about um, an experience of a dance show that you've been in or seen or known about that felt not even significant, because I think maybe that is just about timing, but felt of substance? Yeah. Of need? Yeah, yep. Um, Political Mother by Hoffa Schechter. Mm-hmm. When I first saw that, the kind of amalgamation of music and dance it was, was a musical. right on <laughs> it was a musical but there was no like there's no words or lyrics yeah. so all everything they were singing was this kind of muffled um, version of speaking which was yeah. perfect because yeah. it makes it universal yes and all of the concepts they were addressing could be seen in the universal way yeah and the movement style as well was different and just felt and looked really grounded and substance and yeah just without even having words at the end of the show I was just instantly affected mm. and I loved it yeah um, so one with all the like glass boxes and there's at one point a dictator with a gorilla mask speaking to a mic and there's a whole bunch of yeah. electric guitars yeah and the sound, Ooh, yeah, it was loud. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. What other shows have I seen? I really enjoyed uh, Chunky Move doing Anook's Complexity of Belonging. Mm-hmm. That was refreshing. Okay. I didn't see it. I saw Depth of Field. Oh, yeah. And felt pretty gypped <laughs> in most respects. Like, felt oh, disrespected yeah. as a dancer and I felt patronised as a viewer. And also, like, s- s- swept aside as somebody who cares about composition of live audio elements in the space. Oh, yeah. Not, not swept aside, like, ill-considered or... Yeah. But also, you know, I'm just 
chucking opinions from the sidelines, so maybe yeah, yeah. I don't know. But well, that's definitely how I felt about that. Complexity of Belonging was a collaboration with Falk Richter. Uh-huh. Um, he's a theatre director. Yeah. Playwright, sorry. And so there was this introduction of like people's personal stories. So that immediately gives the audience access. They had great production quality, amazing set, use of multimedia, had actors and dancers. And it was looking at Australian identity and how all these people fit and how they are misfits. And I just think that's so important. Like mm. that's real, you know. Australian identity is real. Yeah, it's real. Lack of identity is, is super so real. real. That's that's what Blokes has ended up being about, the Blokes project. Yeah. It's like the um, utter misrepresentation that there is an Australian identity. Yeah. What a weird concept yeah. that is. It's so weird. It's so weird. of that was that these two dancers are so in sync with each other that that history that they have you know they're married and they've danced together for so many years that's an art form in itself so to be able to see those bodies moving together like that was mm. really impressive mm. and so that's less political and more about feeling and um, yeah Loved it. What do you do when you're let down by a show? I get out of the theatre as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> so no one can ask me what I thought. Oh, that's what I did for Mortal Engine. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. didn't like it? I haven't seen it. I, Glow was really spectacular, I thought, and then Mortal Engine was the bad side of everything that can happen with contemporary dance and projection. Oh, okay. Like representation and mine, and, you know, that yeah. sort of shit. But also, yeah, a lot of things. The dancers worked really, really hard, and it didn't matter, and yeah. they didn't have to. That's disappointing. Yeah, and yeah, as soon as I was like, I, I was sitting next to someone because so I couldn't leave halfway through because I have a tendency to leave shows. Mm. But yeah, at the end, I was like. I just have to go and that's the most polite thing I can do yeah. <laughs> but do you ever have little crises after you see many needless shows in a row yeah I think that I don't enjoy 80% of contemporary dance and I'm a contemporary dancer what's that about well James Shannon once told me that he doesn't like contemporary dance but he really he just he just doesn't. He likes being a contemporary dancer. Yeah. Doesn't mean he has to like it or like watching it. Yeah. It's two completely different things. Yeah. And there's things like, uh, you know, generally people find contemporary dance is not accessible. It doesn't speak to the masses. So there is always going to be 80% of people that hate 80% of 
Contemporary dance. It's the nature of what it is. Uh, I guess... It's abstract. Also, uh, I've had to narrow it down that I don't go and see everything that somebody calls contemporary dance because I might not agree with them. Yeah. And so you just end up, not officially, but effectively boycotting or disregarding certain companies that have called themselves that and are funded on the basis of being that, but you know that how you situate the need of and the power of dance that falls outside of other genres um, they're not accessing and so yeah bands must hit up against this all the time oh we're just making music man and then someone's like we'll put you in the electric indie section yeah and maybe nobody ever finds it because they don't like electro indie but they do like that band yeah <laughs> and that's how I feel when I watch uh, Request Crew or something I feel like I'm just watching really good dance I don't know them this New Zealand all girl dance crew oh like okay hip hop internationals and, um, but it doesn't mean that I care about hip hop dance more than I care about contemporary dance what I care about is that people are pushing their form yeah. and doing the things that need to be done and in all their dance pieces the that I've seen the women are really strong and the men are expected to be just as flexible and flamboyant and seductive mm. as the women are mm-hmm. yeah and I think that's super relevant and significant and important and political even though it's on a hip-hop dance stage. How is it political? Uh, because it's about socially entrenched gender... Okay, yeah. Uh, ...attributions. And whether they're doing that consciously or whether it's just a cool style or whether it's just nice for the girls to be aggressively sexual and for the boys to be whacking. Huh. Okay. Yeah. It still seems like it's needed. It still mm. seems like it's part of the conversations, part of the relevant discourse. Yeah. When do you have ideas? When do I have ideas? Perfect question <laughs> at the perfect time because it's generally when I listen to hip hop. <laughs> I'm serious. Me too. It's instant. Yeah. It's like it's instantly inspiring for me and it could be because I grew up listening to it, but I feel confident I feel like I need to move Mm. and that's the perfect ingredients for making things yeah that's what I was listening to on the train on the way out yesterday Mm. Um, the last couple of mornings arriving there I've been in really good mood because I've been taking care of my prep into the studio oh yeah and I was listening to a a group called Clipping which is two dudes that make the sound and one dude that does the rap and they sometimes get female MCs in okay um, what's that word? Cameo. Yeah. Feet. 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 Full stop. <laughs> Feet dot. Uh, and I felt exactly the same way. Mm. Whatever it is, it is so good that it reaches in and does something to me that then I want to be in the world in a certain way. Yeah. Which that certain way, coincidentally, is very conducive to being a dancer in a rehearsal situation. Because mm. someone's like, 
can you do that really hard thing about 15 times? You're like, yeah! Yeah, Because Kanye said so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even before auditions, I pump myself up with hip-hop music. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes me feel like myself or something. Which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, it also makes me feel <laughs> present and... and strong and all the things you said yeah it's it's even like if i was to do a ballet exercise mm. like a tondu exercise in the center mm. where i'm trying to find my weight draw in my core <laughs> extend my legs point my toes and this tension is just pushing out through my eyeballs but if i did that exercise to a hip-hop song i'd be cruising through it yeah it's just something about it what do you think that's about mm. Maybe I just see it as a part of my identity. So with certain things like ballet where it's all about conforming to one particular aesthetic, something with the influence of hip-hop, which is you can be yourself, this is who you are, shifts my perspective. So I can do it my way rather than that way that is prescribed. Mm. But I also think that the, the qualities of hip-hop music, like... A really grounded beat. Yeah. Heavy bass. Yeah. Um, means that you feel more grounded in the space and that you can use your pelvis. Yeah. In explicit and non-explicit ways. Amen. <laughs> and part of it is is contemporary dance is serious for us. It's our job. Yes. So true. we take it seriously. Yeah. We have a hat on that's like, you have to do this really well and don't fuck it up. But it's dancing. Yeah, right. And dancing for all humans also has this, it's celebratory, it's expression, it's feeling, it's freedom. Yeah, it's real. And it's somehow. often done with music, which makes you feel the same way. Yeah. So the, that type of non-serious, fun, expressive, uh, free music if you put it to the serious thing you're doing mm. then it'll give you another perspective mm. and you can finally dance it yeah 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 are you making stuff at the moment that are in dance do you have any ideas that have come up that you thought that can only be done in dance <laughs> yeah I've been sitting on an idea about rhythm for a while but I haven't got very far with it because I don't have any music. No, <laughs> no I, I, I don't know yet why. It's just sitting in the back of my mind. It's something I'm really interested in. But what about rhythm I want to explore, I'm not sure yet. I just know it's, it's fundamental to me and the way that I move. Yeah. And I want to deconstruct that or unpack it and understand it for myself um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, Richard Feynman who proposed that the way that he works is there's a few things, sometimes up to 12 things that he's thinking about like the Rhythm Project mm -hmm. Sophia and Pelva. Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> and they just keep cycling from the front to the back of his mind mm. But it colours his view of the world. Yeah. So that as things come in and out of his life, he can file them away in the rhythm project. Yeah. And then frictionlessly 
eventually it's a full file and it's ready to go. Yeah. And along the way it colours everything you're sensitive to in the world. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to how it feels. Yeah. Which I worry about if most people are spending most of their time worrying about where they're going to live and who's annoyed at them and how poor they are. Mm. And those are the things that keep getting filtered and those are the filters that keep being your window to the world. Mm. Yeah. Instead of like, better go and do this dance. Okay, maybe I'll go to the beach. I'll better do some weaving. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm like. Because like, good. do you want to come for a drink? I'm like, no, I've got to finish my origami. <laughs> but uh, have fun. <laughs> I mean, other things I've been working on is, like, just getting in the studio and improvising and trying to not judge myself and, um, yeah, get into a practice of having no expectations and, and really opening up. And then also I've been applying for a few auditions, so I need to have phrase work that I've been working on and videoing that. And mm. So I guess that's more about virtuosic movement than a choreographic idea. But the, yeah, the improvising's fun, because you know, hire the studio for three hours and then just start improving in the last 20 minutes, because I've been procrastinating the whole time. And then just before I've got to get out, I'm like, oh, this is gold. And then I've got to get out. Mm. So that's led to this theory of the good stuff comes when you've got pressure. You know, I didn't do anything because I had all of this time and space and I was not motivated. And then the moment where I have to get out, suddenly a burst of inspiration. Yeah, I think... There must be a tipping point as well, because in Sydney, there's so much pressure to do anything but go and do some free improvisation in a dance studio. Mm. <laughs> but then it never happens in the first place. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, like, how to approach a collaborative situation when you when there's limited time and you can't try all the possibilities, which yeah. I don't believe in trying all the possibilities anyway. Yeah. Um, except for maybe when you're young and you think like, what kind of partner do I want to be with? What kind of life yeah. do I want to live? Yeah. How, how do I want to identify in my gender? Anyway, uh, but we're talking about dance collaboration. Yep. When you feel like you can see a few steps ahead and that it's taking us off track, yeah. how do you support? Like, it, it seems like it would be more supportive to be like, oh, guys I think we're going the wrong way yeah but it always gets taken as some kind of challenge or blocking or a block yeah well yeah firstly it's important to to think about the fact that everybody has an idea of what the show is or yeah. what you're working on yeah. in their heads so where you see that this is not going anywhere the other four or five people in the room have a different interpretation. They mm. think that there is a possibility and each of those possibilities could be vastly different as well. Mm. So by saying, no, this is what I think in my head, mm. it's just giving light to the fact that 
everyone has a different interpretation of what the hell's going on in the room. Um, and isn't it interesting that even if one of those manifestations came to fruition, then you might look at it and say, yeah, that's exactly what I imagined, and we don't need it. Yeah. And they think... So you actually have the same idea and you have different opinions on whether it's yeah. required. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest challenge of diplomacy because... Yeah. The, also, the problem is not whether an idea works or not, it's having the time and the resources to test it out and to see if it works yeah, and, and how far you go in that process. Yeah, do how you do you know when you've tested it? Yeah, do you look at the idea in isolation as just an idea or do you flesh it out, put it in the show, see it in lights and then go, oh, <laughs> didn't work. <laughs> well, we don't have the time or the money for that. Um, no. And I... I also think something once begun leads you down a whole bunch of reactions that there's no coming back from. Yeah. Like, your first child, <laughs> once begun, you're more likely to have a second than if you haven't yet had your first. Or Like, that'll lead you down a pathway. Yeah. And how do you know... I, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, if you start tangents start to come up so you, you you have this idea you're fleshing it out you don't know whether it's going to work but then it leads you on to another idea and then another and then you've started five ideas that aren't fully realized you don't really know if any of them work yet um and your time has been kind of watered down over all of these half fleshed out ideas yeah and that let alone the consideration of the context or the cons- or the thinking or the concept that you're hanging all of this on mm. needs to happen. Will it, end- will it make a dance piece that is needed? Yeah. Like we were talking about before. Do you have a feeling of how you know when you're working on something that's needed? Or when you know... Yeah, you're working on a concept that's needed or when you know that you're working on something in the studio that will eventuate to the needed thing? Yeah, because... More often than not, they, it happens straight away. You go, you look at it and you go, yeah, that works. Yeah. Some of the scenes that we've been working on, we've had that feeling instantly. I, if I see potential yeah. in something, I'll say it. And if yeah. I think there isn't, I generally would say I would prefer this way or I would say how about another option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think is what I was getting at before when we were talking about blocks and saying no that doesn't work just isn't good for a creative process but saying yes and how about this Mm. works better because we need to keep things moving when we're time poor we can't get stuck on things unless we have another option yeah I would challenge that if you're moving in the wrong direction that you're moving they're like we need to keep things moving that if we're doing shit that doesn't need to be done we're not moving we feel like we are we're busy but we're we're not actually keeping things moving i don't know when you know that yeah but But, yeah but when you say you you see something and you decide that's not working yeah that for me stops but if you say that's not working how about this we start to move again and we're moving in a different direction but as long as we're moving 
Yeah. And if you can point out the reasons why it doesn't work, because mm. generally uh, an idea isn't 100% shit. It's like 85% shit <laughs> with 15% <laughs> oh, something good in there. Yeah. So if you can say, if you can identify what those things are, then yeah. we're all still on the same page. Yeah. As soon as we say no, 